gonna jump right into it. You know, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Wherever you are listening, it's Patience is a Podcast. Welcome. I appreciate the appreciation. That's how we're gonna start this one off. I know I've been more frequent and the episodes have been shorter. That's just to put more emphasis on the topic so I can stay on topic. That's what I've taught myself. <laughs> no, but um, they've, they've been shorter because the way that I record, y'all know how I record. I record as I'm, as I'm walking to work. I very rarely sit down and really do this at home anymore. I'm going to start because pretty soon I got I got some guests lined up that, you know, I would love for you to hear from. And the only way I can do that is if I'm at home and, you know, stuff like that. So that's going to be coming up hopefully pretty soon, maybe after the New Year's. I got those lined up. But the reason why they've been short now is because it's, it's cold out here. It has been cold and, you know, I ain't really. My hand's been in my pocket, so to speak, to be honest with you. But um, <laughs> but uh, but hopefully the same is being felt with the shorter episodes, and I'm still getting the message out. And you know, you're still taking it into your life as as if I'm right there with you. You know, because as I've always said, you know, you and you and me, I'm you. We are each other. And I really feel that, especially now. You know, with the holiday season coming coming closer, I bet you you are more willing to give what you can and just willing to be more of a you know solid upstanding person as I know you are and uh this holiday season possibly has never really been about you but this season more especially especially if you have a loved one family or even or even just just a give in general you know, you feel, you feel more in tune with that. You're you're closer to who you are. You're more appreciative of just giving and being for other people. That's how you get your appreciation. That's how you get your love. You know, because when I actually settled down with the podcast and actually saw what I do, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need. <laughs> I didn't really really think I was that significant I, I, I really did it but everyone to listen everyone that said anything everyone that appreciated my words took time out to listen told me about a story that I that I said or found some similarity in something that I was talking about you know that that hits that means a lot so I mean I got my Christmas presents from you guys you know I got my Christmas presents from the way me and my wife are understanding each other now the way me and my kids, the way the way the kids are growing up, the way we, the way me, me and my wife are parenting now, the way I appreciate her more, the way I appreciate friends, the way I value, the way I value just everything and not just the major things in life. I mean, I, I never really did, but this year and lately, I've really been looking at everything that, that has been happening. Not, not only within myself, but just everyone around me and it's all making the same like everything that we've went through 
this year sort of needed to happen. And I'm not trying to be ignorant in saying that the deaths or the... Sorry about that. I'm not trying to be ignorant in saying the deaths or the racial divide, you know, all this social unrest we've been going through. I'm not necessarily saying that was needed, but something had to happen to allow us to see life a little different because the way that we were going, let me rephrase that. The way that I was going wasn't the way that I should have been going. And now I see things differently. I value different. I love different. I even speak different in a way. And that has, you know, caused good and bad. There's been tension here and there between people that I, you know, have to deal with every day. I'm not necessarily calling these people friends or acquaintances, you know, it's just work. But there's been some things that have been happening that I just were necessary. I'm going to say that. They were necessary. Because I feel, regardless of what you go through in life, you should never bring it around other people and try your hardest to bring them down as well. You shouldn't. So when I say that, I mean, if you're going through something bad, and I know, and I know quite a few people who are going through things, I myself going through something, but do I try to just drown it all on this podcast and just just because I have this platform to just bring everybody down or just just hate on everything or just just try to just just make everything seem horrible I don't, I don't do that I still find reasons to laugh I still find reasons to love I still find reasons to grow and when saying that I'm never going to come on this come on this podcast. I'm never going to open my eyes to face a new day with any sort of attitude towards anything positive. I have people that I work with that come to work and they hear laughter or they see joy and it's automatic disgust. Automatic. It shouldn't be. And even when I try to pull these people aside and talk to them and let them know, like, you know, first, concern is there. Like, you know, are you okay? What's wrong? Are you going through anything? And then when I met with no, this and this, this and that, and I always ask the question, like, is it me? Because I'm in a position as a leader, you know, to sort of pull everyone together or in an, in in a kind of obnoxious way be the loud one like sort of control the room so to speak because i just i, I just want good goodness good karma good 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 vibes to say good feelings good energy around because like i said we're all going through something we all feel something but that's not everybody's fault so you shouldn't try to take it out on everybody just because you're going through something. 
Like I just said, it's not everybody's fault. So, pull people aside, talk to them, try to get to the root of it. And I'm not saying I want to know everything. I just want you to know that for a moment, for these four, six, eight hours, however long you're going to be at work, just let it go. Just laugh. Let it go. Try to think about it differently. Come at it from another direction and maybe you can see where you can solve it. Or maybe you can just be appreciative of the fact that you're able to come to work. Or you're able to see your family. Or you're able to see another day. Just just make that your main priority. Instead of what, instead of what brings you down. Make that your main priority. Don't make uh, your main focus of the day is to huff and puff through everything. That shouldn't be anyone's focus. Shouldn't be anyone's focus. Especially now because life can be taken from you in a second anyway. But now these days you should appreciate everything. You should appreciate all positivity. All positivity. A laugh, a funny picture. Appreciate it. A joke. Appreciate a joke. And I got people that, that that we work together now that we have the best conversations. Are they work positive? Probably not. But if it makes us laugh, I can give a fuck. So <laughs> I'ma just say that. <laughs> like we got into a we got into a discussion over um, gorillas, and it was brought up. Maybe, maybe this discussion was had on another podcast, but I don't listen to other podcasts, so a friend of mine probably got it from there. We got a discussion of gorillas and like lifting weights. If they, if if gorillas started, like, if if gorillas started weight training and some shit like that, it was it was a hilarious conversation. <laughs> Because it all started with a friend of mine telling me he eats bananas whole. Like, he doesn't even peel it. He just eats it just like that. Peeling everything because of the potassium and the protein inside of that. And I was like, oh, I'm going to try it. Knowing I possibly won't. Because for 38 years, I've been eating bananas one way. And I'm not just getting ready to just disregard the whole peeling process of it and just go ahead and attack it as is. So that started that whole gorilla conversation. But like I said, these are things I should record, but I can't just put my phone down and have a proper interview. If I put my phone down, it'll just you'll hear a little bit of a, a little bit of a conversation. You may laugh, and then you're gonna hear a lot of work shit. You don't want to hear that, so that's why I just don't. You know, I ask people like, "Hey, we need to get together." I got a good friend of mine too that we're gonna possibly have a year end. A year-end review. Going to do a lot of talk of relationships. A lot of talk of these rappers being on the wrong radar. Hopefully that happens like in the next couple of weeks. But possibly not with work schedules and shit like that. Who knows? I'm pulling for it to happen. But anyway. Just random positivity is needed. Just, Just random shit is needed. Just like the whole superhero thing. These past few days or yesterday or whatever to where people were supposed to wake up with superpowers. 
Now, my wife told me, my wife told me it was just black people, some circulating on Facebook, that just black people woke up with superpowers. And then, um, a, a friend of the show, uh, Matt, he was on a couple of months back. He walked up to me, he's said, people are waking up with superpowers and it's hilarious that they think that they are. And I was like, damn, man, you're right, because I heard it too. He was like, did you wake up with superpowers? I was like, no, nah, I walked to work. And he was like, yeah, me too. I got on the bus too. So, I mean, <laughs> and it's just hilarious for people to to think like, yeah, I'm waking up with superpowers. But then again, no, it isn't. It's not as fun. It's funny, but it's not like, are you are ridiculous? But think about it. Let me, let me put another another twist to it. For people to be so sick and fucking tired of waking up to negativity, another police shooting, or another another just wrongdoing or some horrible news, to wake up, everybody on the planet has a superpower. You don't know what it is necessarily, but you got it. So what are you going to do? You're going to wake up, you're going to get out of bed, you're going to try to bring your remote to you or bring your phone to you telepathically. Or you're going to try to teleport to the bathroom. Or you're going to try to teleport to work. Or you're going to try to fly. Or you're going to try to run fast. I see people on uh, Instagram in Spider-Man costumes and Batman costumes. I'm a superhero today. I can break down this wall. I can break this racial stigma, this racial stance that's going on in this country and in this society. I can cure world hunger, world peace, any, anything like that. Anything like that. That's what I was, that's what I woke up this morning thinking like everybody's gonna wake up and automatically just know that oh shit, I can do more than I did yesterday. So that right there is even even greater than it, you know, than just waking up and thinking you can fly or whatever, whatever. So with that being said, I think it's more of a mental thing. I think it's more of a mental thing with people that I can wake up with superpowers. I can wake up and not be the same person that I was. I can wake up and be different. I can wake up and I don't have to feel negative about my situation. I don't have to, you know, hate my job. I don't have to, you know, just just feel bad about my financial state. I can wake up and be a completely different person. Albeit silly or not, if I had the opportunity to wake up with superpowers, then there you go. I'm I'm, I'm waking up and I can run as fast as Flash. I can fly like Superman. I got the ability to be a badass like the Incredible Hulk or Wolverine. I'm strong and I'm cool and I'm as confident as Luke Cage. Or I just have the ability to just be whatever I want. That right there. That right there is a superpower in itself confidence so that's it
you know, confidence is a, it's a great superpower to have. So, you know, whoever put that out there, you know, respect to you. You know I joked about it and stuff like that. That's because when it was brought to me, it was brought to me in a silly manner. But as I thought about it, it took some time. It is it is great that people wake up and know that they're they're amazing. They're great. Feel that way and you you're not what society says you are. You shouldn't move how society wants you to move anyway should move how you see fit because another person's steps they may they may not be going in the direction that you want to go you know that's why everything isn't for everybody they say certain people aren't built for certain things and you know it's bad when some of us gotta learn that the hard way think, oh, just because this person went that route, you can go ahead and go that route and be as successful, have the things that they have, but you don't know the other side of that. You know, I look at I look at drug dealers and I know quite a few of them. I know quite a few who have the life that they want to have, do the things that they want to do. They don't have to struggle. They're not walking to work like me. But they'll be the first ones to tell you it's not the life you want. It's not the life you want. You know, everything can be taken from you in an instant. And most of the time, most of the time, people know things about you that you didn't even know that they knew. And they just letting you basically hang yourself until they're ready to take you out and ready to just, okay, let's move on to the next one. Very few make it out of that alive or without jail time or with any money. Very few. Yeah. I don't smoke. Very few, select few to make it out. And you're looking at these rappers and you're looking at all of these people that are basically rappers who who rap about being kingpins and moving all of this weight and having all of this. Do they really tell you that they possibly knew the person that really did all of that or didn't move as much as they said may have gotten into a little bit of trouble here or there because the real the real drug dealers who are trying to become rappers they blackball and they keep out because they don't know how to change they don't know how to be corporate all of a sudden so the real drug dealers that are out there rapping about it you don't know about them. You don't hear about them as often. You may see a few, and I'm not going to mention any names because I know better than that. But you may see a few. But you don't see many. 
It's a reason why you don't see many. It's because a lot of people do not go out there telling about their lives. That's the bad part. When you can't open up about who you are. Because you know. You know there are more people waiting to see you fall than to raise you up. So I. Always tell people. Especially the youth. Especially the youth. Yeah that person may have this. Have that. Or it's cool, but they'll be the first ones to tell you. Like I said, this is not the life. If you have an opportunity to get an education, not worry about your back and your front 24-7 from, from people trying to take what you have, people trying to throw you in jail for the rest of your life. Because everybody, and I strongly believe this, everybody has an opportunity. Now, whether you take it or not, that's all on you. But all of us have an opportunity to better ourselves. All of us have an opportunity to better ourselves. Look at... And I and I keep bringing this person's name up as is one day he'll probably be on this podcast. But look at Mike Tyson. <laughs> look at Mike Tyson. I mean, he grew up poor, and I mean poor, poor. I mean, not having anything, having to rob, having to you know do all of this stuff just to just to survive I mean he was a criminal in and out of jail in and out of this in and out of that and all it took was him seeing all of these boys come back from um, boxing lessons hurt beat up he's like I want to do that too I want to be taught how to fight I don't want to be picked on no more and all it took was just that moment, that moment to say, oh my gosh, you see, I have potential. The fuck is potential? Why are you saying these things about me? He thought Customato was a pervert. He thought Customato was trying to, you know, do things to him because he was saying how great he was at 12 years old. How did you say a 12 year old is going to be the next heavyweight champion? What are you, what are you putting in my head? I'm nothing. I used to rob people, steal, this and that. Snatch people, change, and all of this stuff. And I mean, and all it took was that moment that, okay, if you say, if I work this hard, I can make something out of myself to the point to where I don't have to live like this. And I'm going to believe you. But he did all of the work. He did all of the work. True Customato kept feeding him and kept feeding him and kept feeding him. He kept putting that in his head. Feeding the flame as he would say. But it was Mike Tyson that got up. Ran those miles. Trained. Read all of those books. 
He could have gave up, left, came back to Brooklyn, and you would not have known who Mike Tyson was. But he believed in himself. Like, okay, if I do this, then this man told me that I'm going to do this. Why do I believe him? Because I love him. Because he already does something for me what nobody else has done. He loved me. People think I'd look up to Mike Tyson just because of what he did inside of a ring. Fuck no. I look up to Mike Tyson for what he did in life. You look at everybody. Look at everybody. Look at all of them. Most of them won't. They aren't as candid. They aren't as open. They aren't as real. They aren't as honest. a lot of the young young people that I talk to work hard first and if that doesn't work work harder because you may see the flash and that's exactly what it is this flash it'll go away it'll go away but you look at the person that's struggling going to school getting on the bus struggling going You don't know where that person works. You don't know what that person is going to school for. Because in a year from now, you know how fast years go by, that person is going to be something. Like I said, everybody has an opportunity. It's what you do with it. It's what you do with it. Do you try to sustain it? Do you try to move on? into other ventures and as much as I didn't like this person when he came out once again look at 50 Cent I mean yeah he stole he stole someone's image and he made himself into this you know he, he, he put this persona on him that wasn't really him true he sold drugs or whatever true we may have gotten to his mischief but the real 50 Cent Stone killer, heartless, heartless, robbing crews by himself, scaring everybody. Well known. What didn't he have behind him? Uh, you know, the. Eminem's and Dr. Dre's and all of this shit that comes with that to put that persona over the top. The police protection and all of that shit. The real 50 Cent. Yeah. He wouldn't, everything he would tell you was true. This particular person that we hear on, the, on, on these songs and stuff like that. Like I said, he may have gotten into his trouble or whatever, but it wasn't wasn't what most people thought but the reason why I brought him up it wasn't to like diminish his image or whatever because we'll never cross paths cross paths but he's very smart he's a very smart individual because he saw that oh shit this won't last this won't last let me put a little bit of stock into something else I can't rap and be successful as being a rap artist my entire life because that'll fade. That'll fade. That'll fade. And he knew. 
Jay-Z knew, Nas knew. A lot of these rappers, they don't really know that. You can't rap and have the public's admiration forever. Soon they'll go to someone else. But he ventured off into movies. He ventured off into books. He ventured off into other things. And he made something that that would last longer than music. True, music is timeless. Any form of art is timeless. But 50 knew that fans are a little fickle. They're going to get tired of looking at the same thing. Even if they loved it, they're going to get tired. They're going to move on to something different. I mean, look at the way that rap has changed. Okay. So 50 moved on to movies. Then books. Then he went behind the scenes with television and film to even to even further his his circle, so to speak. Further his brand. Get his name even bigger now. Most people don't even recognize him for being a rap artist. So that's taking the hustle and going even further with it. It's taking it and going even further with it. I'm not now. I'm not trying to knock these rappers and say none of them sold drugs, but. The image that you see isn't the image that is true. Must take it and go further with it because they're going to expose you. They're going to expose you or you're going to expose yourself. I mean, look at, there's a rapper. There's a rapper who I thought was talented. Who I thought was talented but didn't have anything further than the gimmick. This rapper is named Gorilla Black, and I'm talking about 2004? No, 2004, 2005, I believe. He came out, and everybody said the, said the most obvious thing. He sounds just like Biggie. And he, and he and and he he did in a way, but that was it. You sounded like Biggie. He was a West Coast artist, so he didn't have the flashes. Bi did. Not to say the West Coast artists don't have the flash, but your typical West Coast artist doesn't rap about things like that. Your typical West Coast artist tells stories. Look at Kendrick, look at Game, look at Cube, look at Snoop. They tell stories, you know, so true enough, they can rap about what they have, you know, the flashy things, stuff like that. But they typically don't. They they, they bring you in with their storytelling. Too short, E-40, you know. But this particular one, all he had was that he sounded like Biggie. That's it. And I listened to him and I bought his album. There was nothing, you know, nothing else there. 
and he was gone. The only thing he had was that he sounded like Biggie. There's been a plethora of rappers <laughs> that came out and they, oh, they look like Pac. They sound like Pac. And they're gone. They don't have anything behind that. Look at Brick Ross. Brick Ross knew. He had to know that that wasn't going to last long. He had to know. People were going to figure this out. And luckily, he's, he's talented as a rapper, true enough. But he overcame the exposure. He overcame the exposure. He overcame people finding out that he was a correctional officer, that you didn't really sell the drugs that you said. Possibly even you didn't sell drugs at all. But you knew that if you put a beat behind some nice lyrics and maybe a good ad lib here or there, people will forget about it. And they did. They did. It may get brought up every now and again, but he beat them, you know, he beat he beat the out, so to speak. You know, once you get outed, what can you do? How do you overcome it? You know, okay, man. You know, most most people need to look at everything instead of just the flash, so to speak. You know, are you gonna are you gonna look at it like this? Or would you rather, you know, it build and build and build and build and become something that that's uncontrollable, like the roaring blaze that I mentioned earlier with? Customado on Mike Tyson. Or would you rather shoot straight? Shoot straight to the sky. Only to have one way back. And that's down. I would rather rise. I would rather rise, rise, rise. You know, I would rather build. take this lesson, take that lesson, take this failure, take that failure, and learn from all. Then it just shoot straight to the moon. True. Get noticed for a little bit. Then fall. Because I tell you all of the time, I tell you all of the time to keep believing, to keep faith. Keep stocking yourself and belief in your ability and your dreams. And I'm doing the same exact thing. Same exact thing. And I'm going to tell you all a story. Um, I have a video on my phone of myself... Maybe I saved his life. Maybe I didn't. But it seemed that way. So the reason why I say it seemed that way is because I didn't touch this individual. I didn't have to, you know, resuscitate him in any way. A way a person would really, like, save a life. Maybe my words didn't do anything. 
I didn't give him anything, but I'll tell the story anyway. Yesterday I was at work and um I was you know approached by another coworker that said, Hey Iris, and this is a guy laying on the floor in the bathroom. Now, you know, normally it's just you know, sadly enough, it's a it's a drug addict who's overdosed. And I have to go in there and, you know, sort of bang around, make some noise, maybe snap him out of his high. You know, try to get him out the store. This particular time, this man laying on the ground. His name was Sean. <laughs> we kind of had a joke about it. But um, he's laying on the ground and he was having a seizure. He was telling me I'm not a drug addict. I'm not a drug addict. And I was saying, sir, I'm not saying you are. I'm not saying you are, but you know, you need help right now. Regardless of the reason why you're laying on the floor, you need help right now. You know, we kept having a conversation. He was telling me he was having trouble moving. He was having trouble getting up. And I stood there. This all lasted for about a good 15 minutes. I got about 10 minutes of it on my phone, but my my storage was full, so to speak. You know, as iPhones do. <laughs> but um, sitting there talking to him. And he had multiple seizures right in front of me. In between the seizures, he would look up and he would mouth help. So I sort of motioned him to lay on the side. Didn't want him to swallow his tongue and die. I didn't touch him because I made that mistake before with touching someone who had a seizure next to me and it got it got bad. And I thought I was gonna kill the person just by trying to lift him up. But I didn't touch Sean, I didn't touch him. I just stayed over him as he was going in and out just kept telling him just breathe when he wasn't talking to me and I would notice his hand come up and try to reach and that continued for a moment then he came back after the third seizure and he looked at me and he said sir why do you care so much and he's looking me in my eyes I just started crying. Now, I'm still going to try to upload this video so you all can see it. You can't really see anything but the floor. And the only reason why I recorded it, I just held my phone out, was because I'm in this situation too many times. And a lot of the times it doesn't end well. Usually it ends in an argument with this person, you know, not really wanting to be exposed as being an addict. And the attitude that they give me. So I don't know if if their you know attitude's gonna turn to anger or fight or whatever. I don't know. But this particular time I just I just held my phone out. And um he looked at me as I said, why do you care so much? And this was like ten seconds after my phone stopped. But the video that hopefully you all will see if you follow me on Instagram is is enough. It's enough to show that 
I'm, I, I care. You all know that. You all know that I care ab- about humanity. I do. I care about humanity. I care about people. I care about your well-being. And he was telling me, he was like, are you a manager here? And I was like, yes, sir, I am. I'm one of them. And he was like, don't you have more important things? I looked at him and I said, nothing is more important than being here with you right now. Because I want to make sure you stand up. I want to make sure you get help. He was like, nobody, nobody does that. That doesn't happen. People tend to just cast people away. Not me. I don't do that. I have plenty of friends from so many different walks of life. Plenty of people that I care for that are either very successful Doctors, lawyers, businessmen, businesswomen, to your homeless and desolate, but happy for the little possessions that they get, are able to get up and smile and still keep faith. The people who have goals in mind and the ability to know that they're the only ability that they need, so to speak. And I mean by that, they know they have to put the work in. But after the EMTs came into the restroom and I was still talking to him because they had listened to parts of the conversation on the outside of the bathroom door. And they came in and they were, they thanked me. They said, we heard a lot of what you said. We heard how calm you were with him. You know, and we appreciate that. Because we see this so much to the point to where you lose the compassion. And you just, it's a drug addict, he overdosed. And this is how we handle it. It's all protocol. I myself can attest to that because I had a heart attack last year and when those individuals came to my home I was treated as a drug addict right in front of my children they were trying to give me shots of some medicine I don't know they were like you want your shot and I was like I don't need a shot because if you possibly give me a shot I'll possibly die I'm having a heart attack and I was I was having a heart attack (laughs) And when I got to the hospital, I was still treated as a, as a drug addict. But there was one nurse who came in and we had a conversation. And she said, excuse me for saying this, but you don't sound like your typical addict, the typical person that we have in these hospital rooms right now. And I said, ma'am, I'm not. I've never done drugs. Never done any drugs. 
She was like, I'm so sorry for the way that they've been talking to you. I said, it's okay. I'm perfectly fine with that. Because as I was telling Sean in the bathroom, to fast forward back to yesterday and the story I'm telling, as I was telling him in the bathroom, I know what it feels like to be looked at and seen as something that you want. I know what that feels like. So I'm glad they knew to come and get me because I wouldn't just treat him as a piece of shit. I wouldn't just treat him as a bum. I wouldn't just treat him as a drug addict. I wouldn't just treat him as a thug. I wouldn't just treat him as a nigga. I wouldn't just treat him as that. I would treat him as a human being. Just like I treat everybody else. Patience is a podcast.